Welcome back to another exciting episode of P.S. Spooky Shiz. I'm your host, Chappie, and in today's episode, we'll be getting into the details regarding the UAP UFO meeting that just happened with Congress and whistleblower David Grush, along with who is Stephen Greer and are aliens among us. Here we go into the articles. All right, we are on usnews.com, where they have an article, UFOs present a clear threat to U.S. national security, former military pilots, intelligence officials say. In a highly anticipated hearing before Congress, several former top military and intelligence officials detailed what they believe are the practical dangers to the U.S. security from from UFOs, or what they now call UAPs. This is by Paul Shinkman. A former senior Navy leader and combat pilot told a congressional panel on Wednesday that unidentified flying objects pose a direct threat to U.S. national security. That sentiment echoed by several other officials, and the concerns it elicited from the special sessions of the House Oversight Committee on Wednesday morning represent a major evolution of the already sudden embrace by the U.S. government of a subject once relegated to science fiction shows like The X-Files. Navy Commander David Fravor, who flew F-18s, made the assertion as part of his description to the committee about one of the more notorious aerial encounters with what the U.S. government refers to as UAPs, or Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, that he, along with his wingmen and air controllers, witnessed in 2004. And he seems as surprised as anyone that a military veteran with his career path would testify about something so recently dismissed as fantastical. If you had one or captured one, you reverse-engineered it, you got it working, you're talking something that can go into space, go someplace, drop down in a matter of seconds, do whatever it wants, and leave, Fravor said. Fravor concluded on how his aircraft could have tried to respond to that particular incident. There's nothing we could do about it. Wednesday's hearing served as a stark reminder of the relatively new credibility and scrutiny that Congress has granted to the subject of UAPs, and how it plans to force the most secretive corners of the government into coming clean on what it knows about these incidents. Another former Navy F-18 pilot who testified on the panel, Ryan Graves, In response to questioning about the potential national security threats of these and other similar incidents, stressed the importance both in military and civil aviation of being able to identify other aircraft, particularly if they are friendly or potential adversarial. So when we have unidentified targets, and we continue to ignore those due to a stigma or fear of what it could be, that's an opening that our adversaries can take advantage of. The third witness, David Grush, a former intelligence officer with the U.S. Air Force and National Geospatial Intelligence Agency until this year, and self-described whistleblower on the U.S. government investigation into UAPs, responded to one of the committee members that he had seen evidence of non-human biological remains recovered from at least one of the UAP crash sites. He says the U.S. government has investigated. As with other questions he faced about such potentially sensitive material, he declined to provide further details in the public setting of Wednesday's hearing, opting instead for a follow-on classified session. He agreed with the other witnesses that the UAP documented in the several sightings scrutinized on Wednesday 
appear interested in U.S. nuclear facilities and technology, and that contemporary U.S. military systems would not be able to defend against them. Despite the high-profile nature of the hearing, many who have dedicated their lives to following the issue of unidentified flying objects and the government's response to them were broadly disappointed by its substance. They believed the members of Congress, while adept at touching on subjects that will surely garner widespread public attention, developed little new information, particularly about the incidents. Politicians seemed well-versed in TV and social media pictures on the topic and the newspapers, but did not know anything about investigations or misinterpretations, says Klaas Svahn, chairman of the Sweden-based Archives for the Unexplained. Among the most comprehensive digital libraries for UFO sightings and investigations into them by governments worldwide. They let Grush off the hook too easy. They could have phrased better questions, as Fawn said. Maybe there will come something out of this, but first, after the closed session with Grush and looking into this evidence. Svan also lamented how few U.S. military encounters and unexplained aerial objects come under proper scrutiny, a concern shared by Fravor as well. But also noted, unlike earlier in his career, and unlike the experience of Grush, who says he is under federal investigation for the whistleblower efforts, military members and those who oversee them are much more willing to discuss the issue now. The six fellow officers who witnessed the incident he described did not come under retribution for reporting their sighting, and all retired at senior ranks. And those who are still in the military at the flag officer level believe there's a problem regarding these sightings, Fravor said. The stigma surrounding reporting incidents such as these shifted in 2017, when Congress first began pushing the military and intelligence communities to reveal more about what it knows about UAP incidents. I've talked with multiple senators who say prior to that, if you mentioned UAP, you'd have been laughed off the hill, Fravor said. And now we're sitting here today for public testimony on what's actually going on. I'm hoping this will curb to be more of an exponential and we'll get more and more transparent to the level that we can. This is from oversight.house.gov. They were talking about the National Security Subcommittee to hold hearing on unidentified anomalous phenomena. The Subcommittee on National Security, the Border, and Foreign Affairs will hold a hearing titled Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, Implications on National Security, Public Safety, and Government Transparency. The Subcommittee hearing will explore first-hand accounts of unidentified anomalous phenomena, or UAPs, assess the federal government's transparency, and accountability regarding UAPs' possible threats to U.S. national security. This hearing will also highlight legislative efforts to bring transparency to UAPs and require the federal government to provide the American people with the information about potential risks to public safety and national security. The Pentagon and Washington bureaucrats have kept this information hidden for decades, and we're finally going to shed some light on it. We're bringing in credible witnesses who can provide public testimony because the U.S. American people deserve the truth. We're done with the cover-ups, said Representative Tim Burchett from Tennessee. In 2022, at the direction of Congress, the Defense 
Department of Defense created the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, or AARO, to investigate UAP reports. The federal government spends millions of dollars examining UAPs, yet refuses to be forthcoming with the American people as it continues to declassify certain videos and studies on various UAP incidents with little clarity on the subject's origins. The status quo on the part of the U.S. government has been to leave the American public in the dark regarding the information on UAPs, refuse to answer questions posed by whistleblowers, and avoid the concerns Americans have about the possible threats UAPs pose to national security and public safety and default to extreme and unnecessarily overclassification of these things. If the last few months have taught me anything, it's that this is an issue that matters to Americans. It also impacts the transparency and accountability our government is supposed to grant to people who it serves. I look forward to bringing the topic to light, said Representative Anna Paulin Luna. And then it's just telling us that it was scheduled for July 26th, which is already passed. They called Ryan Graves, Executive Director, Americans for Safe Aerospace, RT Commander David Fravor, former Commandant Officer, Black Aces Squadron, U.S. Navy, and David Grush, former National Reconnaissance Officer Representative, Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena Task Force, Department of Defense. I do think it's interesting how I know this is one of our government's websites, so of course it's America, America, America. But, I mean, if we figure out what UAPs are and, like, how aliens or other dimensions or ghosts or... You don't know how much this would, like, unlock for us about where we came from or what we mean in the universe. So it's kind of like, why would you be like this is going to impact americans yeah i think it would impact the world if anyone any nation anybody made contact with aliens you know or witnessed the uap phenomena or the technology that we've never seen and don't think exists you know all these things like that would be groundbreaking for humanity as a whole you know it wouldn't just be like oh it's an american thing it would be like no we have these beings that are far more advanced than us and may know some of our lost history. I think that would be pretty cool. But I digress. I'm on a tangent. <laughs> but after reading that article, it was very like, this impacts Americans. This is only, this is an American problem. <laughs> it's like, no, if there are aliens, even if those aliens are from other dimensions, that would impact the world. That would impact everybody. That would be cool. All right, let's let's digress and go to another article. We're over on CNN.com where they have an article, Officials and Lawmakers Push for More Government Transparency on UFOs by Jeremy Herb. Three retired military veterans testified Wednesday at a House hearing on unidentified anomalous phenomena, commonly known as UFOs. Warning that the sightings are a national security problem and that the government has been too secretive about them. A House Oversight Subcommittee convened Wednesday hearing on UFOs as the lawmakers who pushed for the hearing are calling for the government to be more forthcoming about the unidentified anomalous phenomena. If UAP are foreign drones, it is an urgent national security problem. 
If it is something else, it is an issue for science. In either case, unidentified objects are a concern for flight safety, said Ryan Graves, a former Navy pilot who now runs Americans for Safe Aerospace, a group he founded to encourage pilots to report incidents of UAPs. The government characterizes the unexplained sightings as UAPs and has released reports on the cases in recent years. Some of them still have not been explained, while others have been attributed to balloon, balloon entities, as well as drones, birds, weather events, or airborne debris like plastic bags. Graves and David Fravor, a retired U.S. Navy commander, both testified on their own sightings of UAPs while they were serving in the military. David Grush, a former Air Force intelligence officer, alleged that the government has been covered up its research into unidentified sightings, and he said he reported the information to the intelligence community inspector general. The technology that we faced was far superior than anything that we had, Fravor said of the episode he witnessed in 2004 when asked why UAPs are a national security threat. The hearing is latest push by lawmakers, intelligence officials, and military personnel working on unexplained aerial phenomena to probe the issue on that national platform. This is an issue of government transparency, said Tim Burchett, a Tennessee Republican who pushed to hold Wednesday's hearing. We're not bringing little green men or flying saucers into the hearing. We're just going to get to the facts. We're going to uncover the cover-up, and I hope this is just the beginning of many more hearings. No government officials testified at Wednesday's hearing. In April, Sean Kirkpatrick, the director of all the Pentagon's All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, which Congress created to focus on UAPs, told a Senate subcommittee the U.S. government was tracking 650 potential cases of unidentified aerial phenomena, playing video from the two of the episodes. Kirkpatrick emphasized that there was no evidence of extraterrestrial life, and his office found no credible evidence of objects that defy the known laws of physics. Lawmakers have pressed the Department of Defense on the sightings, describing them as potential national security threats. UAP, whatever they may be, may pose a serious threat to our military and our civilian aircraft, and that must be understood. Democratic Republican Robert Garcia of California said, We should encourage more reporting, not less on UAPs. The more we understand, the safer we will be. Both Garcia and Representative Jared Miskowitz, a Florida Democrat, said that it was important for Congress to work on the issue in a bipartisan manner in order to press for more government transparency. Many Americans are deeply interested in the issue, and it shouldn't take the potential of non-human origin to bring us together, Miskowitz said. Gresh claimed that the U.S. government was not only has UAPs in its possession, but also the remains of the allegedly non-human pilots of the aircraft. However, when he was pressed, he made it clear that this was what he had been told by others, and he did not have first-hand information. That's something I've not witnessed myself, he said. Gresh told the panel he could provide a list of cooperative and hostile witnesses who could provide Congress with more information about the programs related to UAPs. Gresh said that he had reported his allegations as a whistleblower to the Intelligence Community Inspector General. A spokesperson for the Office of the Intelligence Community Inspector General declined to comment. The witnesses, as well as several lawmakers, complained that information related to the unidentified sightings was overly classified by the U.S. government. 
Representative Matt Gates, a Florida Republican, said that he saw information about an incident he was told about from Eaglin Air Force Base in Florida. Gates said that he went to Eaglin and he was initially denied, but eventually shown an image of the episode of which he claimed, I'm not able to attach to any human capability, either from the United States or from any of our adversaries. Graves said that a stigma remains for both commercial and military pilots when it comes to reporting UAPs. Right now, we need a system where pilots can report without fear of losing their jobs, Graves said. There is a fear that the stigma related to this topic is going to lead to professional repercussions, either through management or through their yearly physical check. Last year, the House Intelligence Committee held the first congressional hearing on UAPs in decades, and Kirkpatrick's testimony was the Senate hearing on the matter in recent memory. Of the 650 cases the government is tracking, Kirkpatrick said, we prioritized about half of them to be anomalous, interesting value. And now we have to go through those and go, how much of those do I actually have data for? Uh, let's take a little break and jump right back into the articles. All right, now we're going to go over to cbsnews.com where they have an article ufo hearing key takeaways what a whistleblower told congress about uaps by stefan beckett a former military intelligence officer turned whistleblower told house lawmakers that congress is being kept in the dark about unidentified anomalous phenomena known as uaps or ufos alleging a hearing that executive branch agencies have withheld information about the mysterious objects for years David Grush, who served for 14 years as an intelligence officer in the Air Force and National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, appeared before the House Oversight Committee National Security Subcommittee alongside two former fighter pilots who had firsthand experience with UAPs. Group of House members want to select a committee to investigate UAPs. Gresh served as a representative on two Pentagon task forces investigating UAPs until early this year. He told lawmakers that he was informed of a multi-decade UAP crash retrieval and reverse engineering program, and during the course of his work examining classified programs, he said he was denied access to those programs when he requested it, and accused the military of misappropriating funds to shield these operations from congressional oversight. He later said he had interviewed officials who had direct knowledge of aircraft of non-human origin, or that so-called biologics were recovered from some craft. Members of both parties questioned how Congress should go about investigating the remarkable allegations, a reflection of the increasing willingness by lawmakers to demand the executive branch to be more forthcoming about the phenomena. The UAP issue has gained widespread attention from Congress and the public in recent years, with the release of several videos, recordings of the encounters, which typically show seemingly nondescript objects moving through the air at very high speeds with no apparent method of propulsion. The Pentagon's All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, which Congress established to investigate the incidents, has investigated roughly 800 reports of UAPs as of May. While military officials have said most cases have innocuous origins, many others remained unexplained. Lawmakers say that the military knows more about the objects than it has disclosed to Congress. 
Sue Go, a spokesperson for AARO, said in a statement that the office has not discovered any verifiable information to substantiate claims that any programs regarding the possession of or reverse engineering of extraterrestrial material have existed in the past or exist currently. She said that the department is committed to timely and thorough reporting to Congress. All right, we're over on rollcall.com where there has an article that says whistleblower at UAP hearing claims U.S. found non-human remains. Lawmakers say they want to move beyond little green men or flying saucers to take allegations seriously. By Justin Papp. Once fodder for tin hat wearing conspiracy theorists, extraterrestrials have begun to enter the mainstream and are having a moment in Congress. Nowhere was there more evident than at the much-anticipated House hearing on Wednesday, during which a whistleblower testified that the U.S. government has recovered biologics from the wreckage of aircraft of non-human origin. David Grush, a former military intelligence official who first went public with his allegations in June, described his evidence of a government cover-up and misinformation campaign to obfuscate the truth about Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, or UAP, the newfangled title for UFOs. I was informed in the course of my official studies or my official duties of a multi-decade UAP crash retrieval and reverse engineering program, Grush told the sub-panel of the Oversight House Committee. We're not bringing little green men or flying saucers into the hearing. We're just going to get to the facts. We're going to uncover the cover-up. Again, that's from Tim Burchett. Reflecting a tone change in the halls of Congress, in recent years as lawmakers have increasingly taken seriously the possibility of extraterrestrials in our airspace. Until April 2023, Grush worked at the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. He said he learned of the secret program based on photographs, official documents, and classified oral testimony from individuals with long-standing Uh, track records of legitimacy and service to this country. GOP Representative Nancy Mace of South Carolina pressed Grush asking, if you believe we have crashed craft, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted those craft? Grush replied, as I've stated publicly already, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Mace continued, were they human or non-human biologics? Non-human, Grush replied. In addition to alleging a cover-up, Grush accused the government of misappropriating funds to evade congressional oversight and said he was targeted personally and professionally for coming forward. Do you have any personal knowledge of people who have been harmed or injured in efforts to cover up or conceal these extraterrestrial technology? Burchett asked. Yes, personally, responded Grush. Has anybody been murdered that you know of? Burchett replied. I have to be careful answering that question. I directed people with that knowledge to the appropriate authorities, Grush said. Grush was joined by Ryan Graves, a former U.S. fighter pilot who described routine interactions with UAPs, and David Fravor, a retired Navy commander who recalled an encounter in the early 2000s during a routine training mission over the Pacific. That incident, described in a 2017 New York Times story, that several 
House Oversight members credited with lending credence to the issue involving a large, white, oval-shaped aircraft that made erratic, physics-defying moves before jamming the aircraft's radar. Graves, meanwhile, recounted a series of sightings of UAP while he was stationed near Virginia Beach in 2014. The sightings became an open secret among other pilots and were corroborated by infrared sensors, he said. Those UAP were consistently described as a dark gray or black cube with a clear sphere that could hover motionless against the wind, according to Graves. These sightings are not rare or isolated. They are routine, Graves says. Military aircrew and commercial pilots, trained observers whose lives depend on accurate identification, are frequently witnessing these phenomena. The stigma attached to UAP is real and powerful and challenges national security. The hearing is the latest in a series of recent attempts in Congress to shed light on a growing number of mysterious sightings, many of which are not easily explained. Earlier this month, Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer announced plans to introduce legislation tacked on to the National Defense Authorization Act that would require the declassification of government records related to UAP. That legislation comes on the heels of a 2021 report released by the Director of National Intelligence that listed several examples of unexplained objects that appeared to use technology beyond the known capabilities of the U.S. or rival countries. Sean Kirkpatrick, director of the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, which was established with the Department of Defense in 2022, said earlier this year that his office is reviewing more than 650 UAP incidents reported by military personnel, although a majority of those could be explained. And in 2022, Congress held its first public hearing on UAP in half a century, which fueled suspicions among lawmakers that the government has not been forthcoming about its brushes with UFOs. Witnesses and lawmakers alike stressed the need for better reporting system for both military and commercial pilots. Failure to do so could mean that the government does not have a complete picture of what's actually going on. You need a centrally located repository that these reports go to, Fravor said. I think you need to develop something that allows you a central point to collect the data in order to investigate. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so we're jumping back into another article. This one is press.org, and it's a little bit further back than the UAP hearing that we just had, but it is the UAP or UFO UAP Disclosure Press Conference, and that was on June 12th, 2023. The reason I'm bringing this up and reading this article is the main subject person in here is Dr. Stephen Greer, and I've been seeing his name pop up in conjunction with these hearings, and people are saying, you know, they're, they're saying out loud the part that, like, Stephen's been saying for a while. 
So, Dr. Stephen Greer is the world's leading authority on the subject of UFOs, UAPs, advanced energy and propulsion systems, and has gathered an extensive intelligence archive of compelling evidence on the subject of extraterrestrial intelligence and covert government projects that are being run illegally. Over the course of the last 30 years, he has provided briefings to sitting U.S. presidents, senior government officials across the globe, and has conducted countless media interviews and delivered hundreds of lectures. He has identified over 700 high-level government and corporate whistleblowers willing to testify regarding the UFO ET issue. He has authored five books and has produced five feature film documentaries that have been viewed by nearly a billion people. His latest film, The Lost Century and How to Reclaim It, will be released in June 6 of 2023. Um, in this unprecedented event, Dr. Greer will be presenting extraordinary cases with live government whistleblower testimony, exposing the existence of the illegal secret government, the state of UA UFO UAP disclosure in Washington, D.C., and more. All right. I think that's more of like a, a bio and announcement for that press conference. Still informational, so not mad at it all right so i did look up who he is so according to wikipedia stephen greer is a U american ufologist and retired physician who founded the center for the study of extraterrestrial intelligence or cseti and the disclosure project which seeks the disclosure of alleged classified ufo information let's see his ufo career Greer founded the Center for the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence, or CSETI, in 1990 to create a diplomatic and research-based initiative to contact extraterrestrial civilizations. The group defined CE5, or Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, as human-initiated contact and communication with extraterrestrials. CSETI claims that over 3,000 unconfirmed reports of UFO sightings by pilots and over 4,000 of what they describe as landing traces. The organization utilizes rapid mobilization investigation teams with the aim of arriving on landing sites as quickly as possible. CSETI has defined a protocol for human-initiated contact to UFOs using consciousness. In 1993, Greer founded the Disclosure Project, the goal of which is to dis publicly disclose the government's alleged knowledge of UFOs, extraterrestrial intelligence, and advanced energy and propulsion systems. Greer described the Disclosure Project as an effort to grant amnesty to government whistleblowers willing to violate their security oaths by sharing classified information about UFOs. Greer claims to have briefed CIA Director James Woolsey at a dinner party, although Woolsey disputes the accuracy of Greer's claims. In 1994, October, Greer appeared on Larry King's TV show special, The UFO Cover-Up. In May of 2001, Greer held a press conference at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. that featured 20 retired Air Force Federal Aviation Administration and Intelligence Officers. Right. He's made some documentaries in 2013 and 2017. 2020. All right. So it seems like 
it seems like on the surface he's like the guy out there that's saying like the end is here the aliens are already here you know i know what kinds they are i talk to people i know you know and like this was in the 90s and so obviously people didn't must not have taken him very seriously back then uh i'm wondering how he's taken now uh but i have been seeing him pop up more and more on tiktok about his lectures and aliens and a cover-up and all that kind of stuff so it would be very satisfying to if this is his legacy to see him be proven right you know on a world stage that would be pretty cool uh, love seeing other people win <laughs> all right let's keep going all right this is from financeyahoo.com historic press event on uap ufo disclosure in washington dc it is by pr newswire all right may 24th 2023 dr stephen greer founder of the disclosure project and one of the world's leading authorities on ufo uap issue will be presenting definitive evidence of illegal acknowledged black budget projects related to ufo uap operations in washington dc and again it gives the date june 12th 2023 uh, talking about how he will be joined by several top-secret government whistleblowers who will be presenting compelling testimony. These whistleblowers include a U.S. Marine who witnessed a man-made UAP offloading illegal weapons and drugs in Indonesia in 2009. The Disclosure Intelligence UFO archive consisted of five terabytes of government documents, whistleblower testimony, and specific locations of illegally operating UFO projects and corporations will also be unveiled. Over 700 military, intelligence, and corporate whistleblowers are included in the vast archive. Plans for a civilian-initiated RICO, racketeering influence corrupt organization lawsuit against illegal military and corporate projects will be announced and outlined. Additionally, some of the 119 crash retrieval events of extraterrestrial vehicles will be summarized and presented. The Disclosure Archive contains the intelligence of all of these cases. A summary of advanced energy and propulsion technologies that have been illegally confiscated and suppressed will be presented. These technologies would replace all fossil fuels, nuclear power, and electric transmission systems, and would create a new economy free of poverty and pollution within a generation. Over the course of the last 30 years, Dr. Greer has identified over 700 high-level government and corporate whistleblowers willing to testify on their direct involvement with the UFO ET matter, advanced energy and propulsion systems, and the existence of covert government programs that are run illegally. He has provided briefings for U.S. presidents, for sitting U.S. presidents and senior government and officials across the globe drawing from his extensive intelligence archive. He has conducted countless media interviews and lectured all over the world. This next article comes from Indy 100 and by Harry Fletchner. Fletcher. There we go. UFO expert claims that the South Pole is an air traffic control for aliens. You may have been hearing a lot about aliens and UFOs lately. That large, that's largely thanks to UFOologist Dr. Stephen Greer, who has been hosting a conference on the subject. A range of people were invited to share their insights as part of the event, streamed online, and saw it 
and it saw Eric Hecker describe the South Pole as the air traffic control hub for aliens. The conspiracy theorists made some pretty out-there claims at the conference, but it's the discussion about the Amundsen-Scott South Pole station that was so significant. Hecker claimed that in 2010, Raytheon, the U.S. aerospace and defense conglomerate, chose him to be a contractor on the research center operated by the United States National Science Foundation. There was much more to the station than first met the eye, according to Hecker. He claimed that the station actually operated as air traffic control center for UFOs and communicated with exotic crafts by sending neutrino rays up into space. Hecker went further by talking about digital optical modules buried a mile beneath the surface under the ice. He claims they were buried in order to detect neutrino interactions while being deep enough not to interfere with radiation readings. He also said he personally saw a powerful green laser pointing at the cosmos. It comes after a whistleblower who claims that the U.S. government has been operating UFO retrieval research in secret has reportedly said that UFOs have been responsible for the deaths of humans. David Grush worked for the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency and the National Recon Reconnaissance Office, was involved in the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. He claimed that some of the non-human intelligences discovered have malevolent intentions and have killed people. All right, this comes from SputnikGlobe.com. UFO expert claims to have turned over trove of evidence to the U.S. government. But I think it comes from June, depending on that. So yeah. Unidentified aerial phenomena, or UAP researcher, Stephen Greer provided U.S. government authorities a trove of evidence last week purportedly detailing illegal government projects based on extraterrestrial technology, Greer said on Monday. Greer, who founded the Center of the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence and heads the Disclosure Project, claims to have turned over the project's intelligence archives to the U.S. government authorities responsible for investigating the matter, such as the Pentagon's All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, AARO. It has government documents in the tens of thousands, Greer said, during a national press conference event. The Disclosure Project Intelligence Archive literally has everything they would need to know to get the absolute end of this. Copies of the archive have also been provided to the White House and Congress, Greer said. The archive includes government documents from the United States, the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, Russia, and other countries, information about 145 top-secret facilities, and details about 752 witness sources. In addition, the archive includes information on more than 120 UAP, UAP crash retrieval cases. UAP are a combination of extraterrestrial life and human attempts to reproduce the vehicles, Greer said. The projects responsible for developing man-made versions are run illegally by entities that avoid oversight by even the highest level of the U.S. government, Greer said. The technologies in this pro project's possession have the capability to immediately solve the world's energy, environmental, and poverty crises, Greer said. However, the illegal black projects use blackmail, bribery, and intimidation, including death threats, to maintain secrecy, Greer said. Moreover, the illegal projects have the ability to launch a convincing false flag operation against the public, which could be detrimental to the national security. Greer issued recommendations for the executive branch and Congress, including 
to bolster whistleblower protections, order a global diplomatic effort to expand relations with extraterrestrials and pursue prosecution against entities that would refuse to comply with efforts to disclose UAP technologies and information. Greer's transfer of the organization's intelligence archive comes amid an increase in public engagement by the U.S. government on the issue of UAP, including the formation of the AARO, an independent and an independent NASA research team. Earlier this month, former U.S. National Reconnaissance Officer David Grush made public his allegations that disclosures on recovery of non-human objects were being illegally withheld from Congress. AARO has not discovered any verifiable information to substantiate claims that any programs regarding possession or reverse engineering of extraterrestrial materials have existed or currently exist. Defense Department spokesperson Sue Go told Sputnik in response to questions about Gresh's claims. NASA has similarly expressed their belief in a lack of evidence linking UAP to extraterrestrial life. Alien Press Conference 2023 shows Dr. Stephen Greer's shocking claims at UFO UAP disclosure by Chaitra Krishnamurthy. All right. If you saw a random streak of light paint in the night sky and couldn't fathom it, clips titled Alien Press Conference 2023 on TikTok which are from Dr. Stephen Greer's UFO-UAN disclosure event that was held two days ago, will make you question your beliefs. Talks surrounding extraterrestrial beings are on the rise, thanks to David Bursch's bombshell interview and wild UFO claims after an alleged alien sighting in Las Vegas. Mankind has never gotten closer to the parallel dimension, it seems. However, Dr. Stephen claims in his latest press conference, the majority of his findings and discoveries are not only well hidden from citizens, but the extraterrestrial creatures are treated as non-hostile, a conclusion he's reached after learning about people's personal experiences with aliens. TikTok is caught off guard by Alien Press Conference 2023. Even though the name of the official event differs, the clips during Dr. Stevens' revelations are going around TikTok captioned as Alien Press Conference 2023 simply because it talks about UFOs and aliens. During the press conference, the founder of the Disclosure Project shared his experience supposedly working with the intelligence teams for years, which is believed to be providing information to the government of the United States. He talks about some of the most discreet projects dealing with UFOs and other strange happenings, thus hinting at ex the existence of extraterrestrials. Dr. Stephen also displays recreations of alleged UFOs, crash sites, and testimony of alleged witnesses, even consisting of illustrations to, to demonstrate what they saw with the naked eye. One of the most interesting bits from the conference that's going around TikTok features Dr. Steven suggesting that extraterrestrial creatures, should they exist, aren't hostile. And he credited the multiple encounters that create his opinion about the unknown. Right? The increase in alleged evidence supporting UFO aliens have created an irrational sense of fear among TikTok users, whose doubts about non-humans have further been fueled by Dr. Steven's press conference as they fear they are ill-informed about extraterrestrials. One user joked, if aliens land in my backyard, I'm going to assume they're my new best friends. I want to hang. They're not hostile. We're the violent species. But I would still be creeped out, said another. A third TikTok user commented, something is 100% being hidden from us. Majorly sus. <laughs> when asked, why is this happening? What are they trying to hide?
All right, and that's where the article ends. Very cool. All right, so this article comes from NBCNews.com, and they are kind of talking about the trend as well. Um, they, their article is called, Are Aliens Real? People online don't seem to care either way. The congressional hearing on UFOs was met with a collective shrug by many Twitter and TikTok users. This was written the day after the meeting, July 27, 2023, by Dezia Tolentino. The news that the government may be in possession of non-human biological matter and UFOs was met with surprising apathy online. The House Oversight Committee on National Security, the Border Foreign Affairs, held a hearing on UFOs, officially known as Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, or UAPs, on Wednesday. Lawmakers called for more transparency about UAPs and raised the national defense concerns. While the Defense Department said that there's no evidence leaking UAPs to aliens yet, Many social media users still took the hearing as proof aliens exist. The hearing did spawn a lot of memes, but many of them signaled how uninterested users were in the findings. UFOs, previously a hot topic for conspiracy theories, are now almost too mundane to break through a news cycle, some users said. It's funny. We were talking about UFOs and non-human biologics in a hearing yesterday, and no one is paying any attention. There are so many conspiracy theories going on right now, we aren't even fascinated by Area 51 anymore, one person wrote. They announced the aliens are real, not one person moved. (laughs) Others said life on Earth was too chaotic and stressful to care about life on other planets. Are aliens going to to fix inflation, cancel student debt, end worker exploitation, pay any of these bills, turn the temperature down on this planet, All around bring happiness to me and my friends, miserable lives? No? Then yeah, they can get the... (laughs) One person shared. U.S. government. Aliens are real. All of us living through late-stage capitalism. (sighs) Another thing. Alright, I'm just reading some of these uh, memes. Because they're pretty accurate as to the state of things. You know, with inflation as high as it is and... The housing market's just too expensive and all that. All these memes are like, yeah, aliens may be real, but that doesn't pay my bills that are due. That doesn't pay my rent. I have to go work. <laughs> like, I, I don't have time to care about this. So I totally get that point of view. But at the same time, anytime <laughs> something like this happens, I'm like, because of course, because of course that would happen right now i mean not only was i brought up in kind of a cult anyway where the end of days was always imminent this doesn't even phase me (laughs) aliens coming with good or bad like who cares at this point like if they're non-violent great bring them on if they're violent maybe don't bring them on but you get what i'm saying it's cool whenever some of this stuff becomes in the news and stuff like that. And I'm waiting for it to like die down any moment. But there are some that even think that we're being distracted uh, from something bigger or something crazy. I've even heard a theory. I might even look up an article on it. 
but there is a theory out there that <laughs> um, the U.S. government has had a plan in place to, it's a disinformation plan, and basically it would be like um, they're prepping us to get ready for them, like annihilating us and blaming it on the aliens. I've heard that theory. I've heard the theory that aliens um, are from a dimension next to ours and we're the closest to understanding that that we've ever been. I kind of like that one. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's just a whole lot of extra stuff. So like most of the time we're all like, mm, all right, we don't care anymore. <laughs> all right. So continuing with this article, some users on X, the platform formerly known as Twitter, pointed out the difference in how people felt about aliens and UFOs in the past compared to now. For instance, in 2019, there were calls from alien hunters to storm Area 51. Meanwhile, many online met the news about UAPs on Wednesday with a collective shrug. 2019, we're going to storm Area 51 and prove aliens exist. 2023, giving us proof of aliens exist. Man, I don't care anymore. It's like there's too many things that have happened. <laughs> many TikTok users share this sentiment, saying they don't care whether aliens exist or not. Like, we as a species have caused so much nonsense that the idea of extraterrestrials doesn't faze me, one person said in a viral video. Amid the harsh realities of Earth, a few people appeared ready for alien abduction and begged any aliens to take them away. Can aliens take me back with them? Earth kind of sucks lately, one Twitter user said. All right, I go over to an article on NPR where they have an article, U.S. Recovered Non-Human Biologics from UFO Crash Sites, Former Intel Official Says. This was written by Vanessa Romo and Bill Chappell the day after that conference, so it may have to do with the same. Three military veterans testified in Congress's highly anticipated hearing on UFOs Wednesday, including a former Air Force intelligence officer who claimed the U.S. government had operated a secret multi-decade reverse engineering program of recovered vessels. He also said the U.S. has recovered non-human biologics from alleged crash sites. But while the topic of Little Green Men did come up, much of the discussion centered on improving processes for reporting Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, or UAPs, the military's term for UFOs. Increasingly, UAP refers to anomalous rather than aerial phenomena to account for both air and water. There are also calls to remove the stigma for aviators who report UAP sightings and ensure the oversight of government programs to investigate them. Retired Major David Grush, who went from being part of the Pentagon's UAP task force to becoming a whistleblower, told the House Oversight Committee National Security Subcommittee that he had been denied access to some government UFO programs, but that he knows the exact locations of UAPs in U.S. possession. In a response to public interest and political pressure, federal and military agencies have shared a trove of information about unexplained aerial encounters. But many sightings have been found to be of pedestrian origin, from weather balloons to drones to airborne trash and birds. Grush also alleged the U.S. has retrieved non-human biological matter from the pilots of the crafts, adding that was the assessment of people with direct knowledge of the UAP program I talked to and that are still currently on the program, about him not giving all the information because it was a public hearing. That was the part that kind of 
took me off guard is like they were so casual about it like was any bodies recovered yes you know <laughs> what were they like were they human or non-human they were non-human you know it's like oh cool <laughs> the highly anticipated hearing was open to the public people waited for hours to secure a spot in the building uh, a 22 year old from new york city who was asked to remain anonymous due to a stigma that still permits on the subject told npr he made plans to attend knowing that it could be something of a historic moment uh, from an overflow room with about a hundred other enthralled spectators he watched as greer graves and fravor men with long careers in the military shared their experiences out of context he said their stories sound fantastical but given the credentials of all three witnesses he said he's a believer and he wasn't the only one there was a def definitely a gasp and everyone was definitely a little bit shocked when Gresh was talking about the non-human biologics. There was a similar response when Gresh later touched on the personal retaliation he suffered, according to the man. Uh, the hearing is the latest push by Congress to pressure intelligence agencies for more transparency about UAPs, arguing that they're a matter of national security. So this is an old article from Time Magazine, but it's an interesting take on aliens, so I thought it would be interesting to read. It's called anyone hoping for alien contact earth to contact earth. will have to wait another 400 years. At least this was written December of 2022 by Jeffrey Kluger. Nobody knows for certain what the Nobel prize winning physicist Enrico Fermi did or didn't say at the lunch with colleagues at the Los Alamos national laboratory in New Mexico that took place in 1950. But as perhaps the apocryphal story has it, Fermi was holding forth a sheer number of stars in the sky and sheer number of intelligent civilizations the planets orbiting them might harbor, and puzzling out whether we've seen or heard any signs of them. Where is everybody? Fermi is said to have asked. That question, known as the Fermi Paradox, has long bedeviled astronomers and other scientists studying exobiology, which explores the possibility of other lives in the universe. Now, there may be an answer, according to a newspaper published in the preprint site ARXIV, the aliens are out there. All right, we just gave, have to give them time to notice us and reach out to us. The paper, written by Amory Wendell, a senior scientist in astrophysics at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, does not rely on new findings, but is rather a thoughtful analysis of the size and scale of the universe as we understand it today. The probability that life exists on other worlds and those life forms would know we're here and would show a lick of interest in us. The analysis begins with the same basic numbers. There are an estimated 400 billion stars in the Milky Way and an estimated 2 trillion galaxies in the universe. According to findings by the Kepler Space Telescope and the ground-based and space-based observatories, virtually every star in the sky is circled by at least one planet, many like our sun, by a whole litter of them. That makes for trillions upon trillions of worlds on which life could, in theory at least, have taken hold. So why the great silence, as researchers from SETI Institute in Mount Valley, California call it? For starters, we've done a good job at hiding ourselves here on Earth. As Wendell posits, biotic planets like ours may be exceedingly common in the universe, 
and the intelligent species studying them would not pay a whole lot of attention to just one more green and living world. What they'd be looking for would be green and living world with other intelligent beings. The first and most conspicuous sign we have given off that we are such a species are the radio signals that we transmit to one another, but that leak through the atmosphere and stream out into space. It has been only about a century since we began emitting those unintentional beacons. So our so-called radio bubble, which streams out in all directions, north, south, east, west, thus measures just 200 light years in diameter. That's a fly speck in a galaxy that measures 100,000 light years across and a universe that is staggering 94 billion light years. What's more, if a civilization were to have received our signal and sent back a response by now, it would have to be located just 50 light years away since it would take 50 years for our radio beacon traveling at the speed of light to have reached it, and another 50 years for the receiver to have sent back a message. That's a whopping century for just a two-way hello. Not that there aren't candidates within the small footprint of space. According to Wendell, there are an estimated 2,000 stars harboring who knows how many planets within 50 light years of Earth. So how many of those planets might host life? For this, you have to turn to Drake Equation, created by astronomer and SETI Institute founder Frank Drake. The equation estimates the number of civilizations in our galaxy capable of receiving and responding to radio signals as a factor of a range of variables, including the range of formation of sunlight stars, times the proportions of stars have orbited the planets, times the proportion of those planets that could support life, times the, the fraction of those of which life actually does emerge, times the fraction of those life forms that develop intelligence, times the fraction that are intelligent enough to, to receive and transmit signals, times the length of time such a civilization actually sends those signals before either perishing or going silent for any number of reasons. <sighs> that was a mouthful. That's an awful lot of speculative X factors to fill in. It's anybody's guess, but at least educated estimate. As to what number appears on the right-hand side of the equal sign, for the purpose of the 2,000 planets with 50 light years of Earth, Wanda's old Drake estimates put the number of worlds harboring extant intelligent life at between zero and just a few. A highly advanced alien civilization could, of course, also send a probe towards Earth instead of radio beacon, but that is less probable and harder to do anywhere near 100 years because we've been sending our radio semaphores into space. Never mind all the talk about UAPs of late, it would take a long, long time and a lot of technological prowess to send even a relatively small aircraft our way. Basically, they're saying that it would take too much time and effort for them to contact us. But they end with, none of this means that we won't hear from the aliens or they won't hear from us. What it does mean is that first, first contact may take much more time than we imagine. The great silence may indeed be broken by a great hello. The question no one can answer is when. Go over to Popular Mechanics. They wrote an article in May, Six Solid Reasons to Actually Believe in Aliens by Daisy Hernandez. Are aliens real? We don't know for sure, but we want to believe. Outer space is a vast expanse that we have so much to learn about, which is why it's hard to flat out deny the possibility of other intelligent life forms existing. 
If life can exist and persist in seclusion in some of the harshest conditions on Earth, it's likely that other interplanetary life forms have evolved and acclimated to conditions in space too. As the renowned science fiction author writer Arthur Clarke once said, two possibilities exist. Either we are alone in the universe or we are not. Both are equally terrifying. All right, we're over at bbc.co.uk where they have an article um, on this segment called The Infinite Monkey Cage, 10 Reasons Why Aliens Probably Exist But Won't Be Visiting Us Anytime Soon. These are comedians, astronomers, astrophysicists, professors. All right, number one, it's a numbers game, and probabilities suggest aliens are out there. Most scientists agree that alien life almost certainly exists in the universe somewhere. Our galaxy contains a region of 300 billion stars, and now we're discovering planets traveling around these stars. The more we look and the more technology we put out there, the more these exoplanets we find. To date, we have detected around 4,000, and that's just in our galaxy. If we look at the universe as a whole, there are approximately 200 billion galaxies. Why would life just occur here? We're pretty convinced it's out there, says space scientist Maggie Aderin Pope. It's purely a numbers game. It's probability. All right, number two. We already know of hundreds of potential habitable planets. We are able to measure the atmospheres of these exoplanets using technique called spectro spectroscopy. I'm not trying that again. <laughs> this is where starlight passes through the atmosphere of the exoplanet, allowing us to do a chemical analysis. If we detect the kind of substances we find in the Earth's atmosphere, it wouldn't necessarily confirm that there's life out there, but is a strong indication that it's possible. We know of hundreds of potentially habitable planets, said Professor Tim O'Brien. We're almost certainly, within the next decade or so, going to find a planet that may well even show potential evidence of life. Number three. We found life on Earth in places that we didn't think life could possibly exist. When we are contemplating the existence of life beyond our planet, it's worth considering that we've discovered microbes inhabiting spaces on Earth where the idea of survival was previously inconceivable. These life forms are based on familiar DNA, so it's life as we know it, but they exist in deep trenches of our oceans, far away from sunlight. In the past, we believed life could only exist on a planet, a certain distance from its local star, so it has been the right levels of radiation. Finding life on Earth thriving where we didn't think it was possible has opened our eyes to the concept that there might be moons able to support life too. The life that's out there may not be intelligent life. Most scientists are positive about chances of life existing in the universe. What we don't know if is if there's intelligent life. For most of the history of life on Earth, it was very simple life. It was bacterial life for billions of years, in fact says Tim. It was a series of chance events that led development to even multicellular level on our planet. For alien life to make contact, it needs to be physically and technologically advanced. Number five, intelligent life forms may be living in conditions that make communication difficult. 300 billion stars in the Milky Way, many with solar systems, 10 billion years or more in which a civilization could have arisen in this galaxy, but it's difficult to believe that no life form ever reached the point where it could travel across interstellar distances. As the great Italian physicist Enrico Fermi said, it's hard to explain why aliens haven't made it to Earth, but there are ways of explaining why this hasn't happened, says Maggie. 
Our biggest problem is we only have one example of life, and that's life on this planet. We have to think outside the box. For example, she says, if you live by a star, which is quite active, you might live below ground. It doesn't mean that intelligent life isn't out there, but you might not have the means of transmitting because you live beneath the surface. Or we may be trying to communicate to each other using opposing methods. As soon as big telescopes like the one at Jodrell Bank Observatory were built, scientists realized that if there was a civilization out there with a similar bit of technology, we might be able to pick up signals sent from one to the other. We've now used radio telescopes to listen out for signals from extraterrestrial civilizations since about 1960, says Tim, who is the director of Jodrick Bank. However, there are so many different ways in which life forms might send signals, we could spend our lives looking for them and get nowhere. It's possible we just haven't hit upon the right method. Stars are so far away, it could take thousands of years for an extraterrestrial message to reach us. As well as the method of communication, distance poses a huge obstacle. For a new project called Breakthrough Listen, scientists are searching a million of the nearest stars, but they're also looking at stars that are in the middle of our Milky Way, 25,000 light years away. A message sent from one of these stars would need to travel in the region of 25,000 years before it even reached us. If an alien life is out there, it could take thousands of years before we hear a peep from it. Take a little break and finish. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. Get out. All right, jumping back into that article from BBC. Number eight, to make contact, our civilization and an alien civilization need to exist at the same time. An alien civilization also needs to exist at the same time as humans. It's possible that extraterrestrials have made contact with Earth, Earth, or even visited, but it was way back in the Jurassic area when dinosaurs roamed the Earth, and so we simply don't know about it. If our civilizations don't overlap, says Maggie, then we will never meet the aliens. Perhaps they came a long time ago, or come in the future, long after human life has expired. Number nine, long-distance space travel isn't yet possible for us, and may not be for them. It's currently beyond our capabilities to send such a large spacecraft between the stars. As things stand, we are able to send radio waves at the speed of light. But that's just radio waves traveling through the vacuum of space. If we want to send physical mass out into the ether in the form of probes or people, then it comes a lot more challenging. Breakthrough Starshot, a project championed by Stephen Hawking before he died, is exploring the option of using a solar sail a sheet of metallicized plastic that sits in space to transmit objects in our solar system. It would involve a huge bank of lasers shooting photons up to hit the solar sail, transfer their momentum, and then send the solar sail accelerating off at up to a fifth of the speed of light. As exciting as this is, it would, take, it would still take 100 years to reach a planet 20 light years away. 
The current technology means we can't send anything heavier than one gram in weight. Humans certainly won't be getting out there anytime soon, and it's highly possible that any aliens haven't cracked the intergalactic space travel either. Number 10. Extraterrestrials have to actually want to visit us. Even if life forms with technology far more advanced than ours exist, they have to want to make contact. Any aliens out there may feel apathetic about us Earthlings, and they may not be overly keen on the idea of traveling between the stars for thousands of years in order to get up close and personal. This could also explain why we've never had extraterrestrial visitations. They simply, they're simply happy where they are. It's a good perspective. All right, jumping over to this last article. It was written April of this year, 2023. Why aliens are likely to be AI. Perhaps we should be searching for other Mercuries rather than other Earths. All right, this is from thinkbig.com. All right, this is by Dirk Schultz Makuch. With powerful new chatbots and AI-powered apps and search engines releasing practically every day, concern about the rapid advance of artificial intelligence has heated up recently to near obsession, and with good reason. The risk of humans losing control over AIs smarter, or at the very least faster, than us has been recognized for quite a while, notably in science fiction films like The Terminator. As with all new technologies, AI has its pluses and minuses, but for space exploration, meaning exploration beyond our immediate cosmic neighborhood, is probably essential. In fact, an advanced space program without AI is difficult to envision. Advanced civilizations will require AI. That goes not just for us, but anyone out there who is likely to visit us, even Though most movies about aliens depict biological creatures arriving on Earth, this is unlikely to happen. Crossing interstellar space would take them a very long time, so much time that it makes little sense to send short-lived, perishable, organic bodies. Let's look at the lifespans of some species on Earth. Humans live about 80 years on average, which is much longer than most animals. Dogs have a lifespan of only 10 to 13 years, parrots about 50. Even the African elephant lives only 60 to 70 years. Some animals like turtles, whales, and certain fish reach 200 years of age or more, but these are exceptions. Life expectancy for nearly all species on Earth is under 100 years. It's not, and it's not like our bodies perform at peak capacity for the entire span. In the case of humans, we should probably discount the first 20 years or so, during which our capabilities are still developing, and the last 20 years of aging, prime time for human is no more than 40 to 60 years, even in the best case scenario. Now consider the realities of interstellar travel. To reach other solar systems, current thinking is that we'll need to build light sails that can reach maybe 10% of the speed of light. That could get us to Alpha Centauri in 40 years or so, an entire adult human lifespan, and that's just one way. Most astronauts would want to return home after visiting another solar system, but without some kind of time dilation or other exotic physics, that would be out of the question. Even if we reach 80% of light velocity with some advanced propulsion system, 
Round trips within a single adult lifetime would be possible only for planets a mere 24 light years away, not accounting for any time spent exploring the planet. Speculative faster-than-light travel would help some, but not as much as you might think. Any way you slice it, travel through interstellar space would still be extremely long, dangerous, asteroids, radiation, and extremely boring for any biological organism, even if some freezing technology could be invented to stop aging during the trip. The same logic applies to any intelligent aliens wanting to visit us. AI Astronauts the likely solution, then, is artificial intelligence and artificial bodies that could better withstand the rigors of space travel. For that reason, we shouldn't expect visiting aliens to be organic creatures. There is, of course, some middle ground between all natural and artificial bodies, and the 21st century technology has already arrived at that point. In Andy Clark's words, we are naturally born cyborgs. More and more technologically advanced body parts are invented every day, from titanium plates to pacemakers. No question, this trend is going to keep on going. But our organic bodies are still fragile and limited. We may extend our natural lifespans by ten, several tens of percent, but eventually critical parts will break down. With that in mind, some futurists picture unloading our brains onto computers. Anders Sandberg and Nick Bolstrom of the Future of Humanity Institute outlined some of the challenges in re reaching that goal, and even provided a roadmap. Other pair of futurists, Alexei Turchin and Maxim Shuryakov, went a step further and envisioned an immortality roadmap using AI to digitally reconstruct people. The AI would take DNA and other information from a recently deceased person and reconstruct them in a simulated world. Of course, whether that simulation is really you is a question we probably can't answer until we try it. So robots, not little green men? Given its fast-growing capabilities, the ubiquitous presence of AI in all aspects of human activity appear to be unstoppable. Even so, some alien civilizations farther ahead of us on their evolutionary curve already may have decided to put a stop to it, accepting their own mortality instead. But surely not all of them, and for that reason, we should expect more planets in the universe to be populated by AI than by little green men of the 1950s science fiction. This could lead a fundamental shift in our approach to searching for intelligent extraterrestrial life. Rather than looking for signs of biology, we might be on the lookout for planets more suitable to AI. Seth Shostek of the SETI Institute is among those who, have, who has advocated for this strategy. Instead of searching for worlds exactly like our own, we might identify planets that receive a much higher amount of solar energy and are rich in silicon and certain trace metals. Maybe it's other Mercuries we should be looking for and not other Earths. All right. Very cool. All right. So that was basically a breakdown quickly of hearings that they had about the UAPs, who Stephen Greer is, and then, you know, what people are saying about, you know, the nonchalance of finding out aliens could be a, a real thing. You know, um, it's definitely not mass panic. Um, oh, there was another theory I was going to tell you guys. 
Uh, I've even heard some people say that the government's preparing for the rapture by telling you there's aliens. So when people, when all the Christians disappear, <laughs> they'll be like, it's not the rapture, it's aliens. <laughs> so there's that out there too. My, my. All right. So thank you for listening today. Uh, I enjoyed making this episode and I hope you enjoyed listening. And we'll be getting into some more spooky stuff in later episodes, so make sure to stay tuned to that. And follow us on the Facebook page at Paranormal Stories Spooky Shiz. P.S. Spooky Shiz. Alright, other than that, stay spooky, my friends. Oh, what the heck. I'm going to show you guys some TikToks. Uh, on this subject and add them to the tail end of this episode. Uh, we'll see if how many we can fit into a 20 to 30 minute segment. And yeah, just consider it bonus content. All right, here we go. Second Earth. Recently, NASA discovered something incredible, a planet incredibly similar to ours. We finally learned about TOI 700. TOI 700 is a planet that's about 95% the size of our planet. And just like Earth, it's believed to have a solid, rocky surface. Just like the Sun, it's also orbiting around its very own dwarf star. Remember TOI 700D, another planet discovered in the same system in 2020? Well, it's also about the same size as Earth. And here's the icing on the cosmic cake. Both TOI 700E and TOI 700D are located within the star's habitable zone. The habitable zone is that sweet spot around a star where conditions might be just right for liquid water to exist on a planet's surface. And as you know, liquid water is one of the critical ingredients for life as we know it. So the fact that these exoplanets are in the habitable zone is pretty darn exciting. It means there's a chance, just a chance mind you, that these planets could potentially have or might have had the right conditions to support life. Now, before we get carried away with visions of extraterrestrial civilizations living on TOI 700E or TOI 700D, it's important to keep our feet planted firmly on the ground, or should I say, Earth. Just because a planet is similar to us doesn't automatically mean it's a suitable habitat for humans. It's way trickier. You see, there are many other factors to consider when it comes to a planet's habitability. Sure, size and location are crucial, but there are countless other variables at play. Factors like atmospheric composition, a magnetic field, and even the planet's history all come into play. So even though these exoplanets tick some boxes, there's still a lot we don't know about their potential for supporting life as we know it. But who knows? Soon enough, we might be sending people into space to do a cosmic migration. It may sound straight out of a movie, but the Pentagon and a Harvard scientist have collaborated on a new draft report questioning if we're alone in the universe. And the U.S. population, at least, and uh, by extension, the world population, and to that reality. This is John Ramirez talking. Um, just want y'all to know that it's like a former CIA. That there is something, there is a presence here, and that we need to explain this presence because if they show up and we continue to do what we did before, previous decades, and they show up, there will be mass panic. But if you understand that though these are real and we have five years from 2022 or maybe now four years uh, if they come in 2027 uh, the, 
But a vast circle, the Large Hadron Collider, LHC, at CERN, the European Organization for Nuclear Research, has become a focal point of revolutionary scientific discoveries. Particle accelerator altered the weight of one electron and therefore destroyed our universe and shifted us into the universe that's directly next to it, and therefore things are different in this universe. This video elucidates 10 compelling reasons why scientists conjecture that CERN has unlocked a portal to an extra dimension, launching us into a new realm of understanding about the cosmos. Number one, observation of unexplained phenomena. The Large Hadron Collider, LHC, at CERN, is the world's most powerful particle accelerator. At its core, the LHC is a 17-mile ring buried under the France-Switzerland border near Geneva, where subatomic particles zip around at nearly the speed of light. The LHC allows physicists to recreate the conditions that existed a fraction of a second after the Big Bang. During the early operation stages of the LHC, Several unexplained phenomena were observed that baffled scientists. For instance, detectors in the LHC started recording an unexpectedly high number of particle collisions at certain energy levels. These anomalous events did not match predictions based on the standard model of particle physics, which has been the cornerstone of our understanding of the subatomic world for the last half century. Additionally, a series of experiments dubbed as beauty experiments were aimed at measuring the decay of beauty quarks, a type of elementary particle. The results showed discrepancies with the predictions of the standard model, again pointing towards the presence of new physics beyond our current understanding. Anomalies were also observed in the behavior of neutrinos, which are ghostly particles that barely interact with matter. CERN's opera oscillation project with emulsion tracking apparatus experiment detected neutrinos seemingly traveling faster than light, contradicting Einstein's theory of relativity. Although later attributed to a technical glitch, such observations sparked widespread debate and excitement about the possibilities they could imply, including the existence of extra dimensions. Moreover, LHC's experiments also produced heavier-than-expected Higgs boson particles. This sparked theories that the excess weight could be the result of interactions with particles or fields in a higher dimension, serving as potential evidence of dimensions beyond our conventional three spatial dimensions. Another curious observation pertains to the nature of gravity. Despite being the most familiar force, gravity is the weakest among the fundamental forces of the universe and remains largely unexplained in the realm of particle physics. Some theories suggest that the weakness of gravity can be attributed to its dilution across multiple dimensions, a portion of which could have been accessed by the LHC. While none of these phenomena provide conclusive evidence for the existence of extra dimensions, they have certainly challenged our understanding of fundamental physics. The observations have introduced questions that the standard model cannot answer, thereby pushing the boundaries of science and opening a door towards a possible new dimension. Consequently, scientists believe that these mysteries might just be the gateway to uncovering an entirely new dimension of reality, possibly opened by the behemoth collider at CERN. Number 2. Particle Acceleration and Extra Dimensions Particle acceleration lies at the heart of the research conducted at CERN. By colliding particles at high energies, scientists aim to unlock the secrets of the universe. In this chapter, we explore how particle acceleration experiments at CERN provide intriguing hints and insights into the existence of extra dimensions. One of the main motivations behind particle acceleration experiments 
is to probe the fundamental building blocks of matter and their interactions. The high energies achieved at the LHC allow scientists to recreate the extreme conditions that prevailed during the early stages of the universe. It is within these intense collisions that the potential existence of extra dimensions could be revealed. We got some new UFO legislation, so let's break it down. Congress is really about to try to go after legacy UFO crash retrieval programs, and all hell is about to break loose. The Senate has just passed the Intelligence Authorization Act for 2024, which is this bill sponsored by Mark Warner, Democrat from Virginia. And the goal of the IAA, which is passed annually or biannually, is to handle policy changes, budgeting, oversight, and reporting requirements that Congress and the legislative branch dictates to the intelligence community in the executive branch. In section 1104, we see this new provision, funding limitations relating to UAP. And this effectively breaks down how Congress wants to defund all legacy or current crash retrieval and reverse engineering programs related to UFOs. Like most legislation, it starts off with some key definitions here. So who are the appropriate committees in Congress? In this case, intelligence, armed services, and appropriations in both the House and the Senate. Who's considered congressional leadership? And who is the director? The director in this case currently is a Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, who runs the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, the current DOD office where all whistleblowers and materials are supposed to be routed through. Now, this is where it gets interesting. In subsection C, they define the new funding limitations. No amount of money, in part or in whole, can be used towards the operation of a UFO program, even if it's special access or restricted access, which is a big key point, unless it's been reported to Congress. They then go on to define the specific activities that would qualify, from recruitment of personnel to the analysis of the material itself, to the management of the information security process that is preventing the disclosure of the programs, as well as any efforts to replicate the foundational technology. And they're not only defunding the UFO programs, they're also creating an amnesty program for whistleblowers. As it states in the bill, any person currently or formerly under contract with the federal government that has in their possession material or information provided by or derived from the federal government relating to UAP that formerly or currently is protected by any form of special access or restricted access needs to no later than 60 days after the bill becomes law notify the director of such possession, which is Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, and no later than 180 days after, they need to make that material available for the assessment of Sean Kirkpatrick in the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. The new bill also provides immunity for whistleblowers. Quote, no criminal or civil action may lie or be maintained in any federal or state court against any person for receiving material or information described in the subsection above if that person complies with the notification and reporting provisions described in that subsection. So after 60 days, if you come forward, no jail. If you don't come forward, one of the most surprising and potentially most consequential aspects of this specific bill is in subsection F, limitations regarding independent research and development or IRAD. IRAD is a process within the government and defense contracting world whereby a government contractor like an aerospace company, let's say Lockheed Martin, can develop technology 
on their own without it specifically applying to a particular government contract with the hopes of then selling that technology into the government. The reason this is important is because the IRAD process has been alleged to be the mechanism by which a lot of this misappropriation of funds and the hiding of these programs has been able to take place. The joke within the defense establishment is the first rule of IRAD is that you don't talk about IRAD. And the second rule of IRAD is that you don't talk about IRAD. So the fact that the Senate put this in here means they know what they're looking for. And just a last note here in subsection G, there is a requirement for the director of the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office to report this to Congress as well. Mind you, this is just one of multiple efforts happening in parallel in Congress right now related to UFO disclosure. There's also the Schumer Rounds Amendment that also has passed in the Senate and is two steps away from becoming law. That's going to create a nine-person disclosure committee that will need to be stood up by March of next year. The House is currently demanding the creation of a new subcommittee on UAP with subpoena power. And the House has also stated that they're willing to invoke the Hallman Rule, which will allow them to fire specific people and defund specific programs at the congressional level at any time without legislation. So this is really starting to get intense. We got so about 10 or 15 years ago, I had we started a discussion and then he directed me and said, I want you to move from the chair you're in. I want you to move to that chair. And it was right in the middle of this huge office, nothing else around it, but the chair. And you can read the document and he's pulling out about a dozen type pages and hands them to me. He said, you can read this, but you cannot take notes. My superior officers have asked me to show this to you. I'm looking at a front cover letter, all caps, briefing paper for the President of the United States of America on the subject of unidentified aerial craft, no date, no origination office. When I turned, I was then reading history, this page, this page, history of things like sign and grudge. And now I'm about the third or fourth page in, and I'm trying to read fast and ask questions. And I came to a paragraph that said, quite literally, these extraterrestrial biological entities, that's our translation now of even, whether they were even or not is not clear because those are the words. These extraterrestrial biological entities manipulated DNA and already evolving primates to create homo sapiens. And then the next sentences were about what I assume to be the avatars of history. And then the last sentence in that paragraph was, but the humans killed all three. And I read that paragraph over and over and the paper continued into a lot of history of extraterrestrials and our government and uh, interfering with atomic this and projects that and got that down to the last two pages 
and the top one said project garnet and i remember saying remember your birthday i was born in january and it's a garnet project garnet all questions and mysteries about the evolution of homo sapien on this planet have been answered and this project is closed i remember that i read that paragraph over and over and over like the other final implication of that day is that the government had a lot of information that had been condensed into that briefing paper in which the bottom line whether it was a president a secretary of defense or a humble reporter from denver that i you all homo sapiens were the result of genetic manipulation of already evolving primates. All right, that was Linda Moulton Howe. I'm gonna break it down to you in three minutes. I'm gonna tell you what's going on, why you should care, and what we can do about it. This is Dr. Stephen Greer, and for decades he's been trying to warn us that the US government has secret black ops programs that are mistreating the UFO technology that they are obtaining by shooting them down in Antarctica. This is Eric Hecker. Look him up on YouTube because he's done a few interviews in the past few weeks where he explains how we are shooting down UAPs in Antarctica. This is David Grush. He is the government whistleblower who was tasked with going through some of these shadow organizations or black ops organizations to find out where the money is going. And he discovered that through documents that we have uncovered um, biologics of non-human origin and also non-terrestrial ships, so alien bodies and craft. Now, the reason that this is important is because if you're an American, your taxpayer dollars, billions a year, are going to these black ops organizations who are stealing alien technology, reverse engineering them, and using them to commit crimes against humanity under the guise of them being alien abductions, but they're actually humans abducting other humans using alien technology. So instead of giving us better healthcare, universal basic income, or I don't know, solving the homelessness and food insecurity problem, they're using billions of dollars for these shadow organizations. The other thing that's important to note is the technology that they have uncovered, according to Stephen Greer, could completely heal our planet in the next 12 years. The other thing is they have zero point energy technology, which is something that could give every human on this planet the ability to create free, clean energy on demand without the power company, which means no more power bill. So basically, we can't have this earth-saving technology because it will take money out of the pockets of the corporate elite. So what should we do about it? You and I all have a lot more power than we give ourselves credit for, and that's the power of how we spend our money. It's time for us to take our dependency away from the corporation. Insider whistleblower, former head of security at Area 51, has released some very interesting news. He claims that allegedly 
a hundred Anunnaki giants that were in stasis under Area 51 are awake and running around. I posted the full video on my YouTube channel, Christina Bruno. It's in my link tree. You can hear his testimony. Let me sum it up for you. Regardless if one believes in extraterrestrials, Anunnaki, and giants, this is still a fascinating story. He tells us that Area 51 is a classifying and declassifying location, meaning they decide what to classify and what to declassify. Then he goes on to say that there is an underground city there that you go into a hole that you can go look on Google Earth. There's a big hole, he said, that is very visible. You go in there, then you take a train that brings you to this underground city. He said that Google Earth is not updated like in real time, but if you go there, you can clearly see it. If anyone wants to volunteer and find the video of this hole, that would be awesome. Then he talks about Area 52, that something happened and, and the barrier of these stasis chambers broke. Now, he said that there are at least a hundred of them. Now, I don't understand if there are a hundred of them running around. He says that there are these giants running around and that they can't contain them. And that even when they shoot at them, nothing happens. He mentioned something about, I told them to use copper bullets, but they didn't listen. He tells a story about these Anunnaki giants that when it was time of the flood, they went and hid underground in these stasis chambers. Now he calls them fallen angels and said that they are demonic. He said that these are the descendants of the Nephilim. Now in the Anunnaki Chronicles and the Lost Book of Enki, basically when the flood was about to come, not all of the Anunnaki were okay leaving mankind to perish. In fact, that's why Enki saved Moses of his, of his line, etc., etc. But there were a lot of the Anunnaki fallen angels that had married the daughters of men. They had family. They cared for people here. They stayed on Earth. They did not escape. They did not go up in spaceships and motherships like Enlil did. They stayed. So if I understand correctly, this guy is saying that these are descendants of these fallen angels. Again, the fallen angels were never fallen, but they decided to stay because they loved mankind and did not want them all to perish. Go check out the full video on my YouTube channel. Do you guys remember the TikToks that were- So this just came in. They are not aliens. They're not aliens, okay? When people think of aliens, they think of like beings that we can compare to ourselves coming from another planet to here. That's not what's happening. They are co-located with us. They are probably also tied to the planet just like we are. And they've been here the entire time. They've never left. This phenomenon isn't even new. Ancient lore has been talking about non-human intelligence for a long time. The giants, the fae, angels, demons, now the UFOs. It is all the same. The star people. Like, this isn't anything new.
it has been intentionally buried and we have forgotten. So now we're like, what? And so when people hear the word alien, they're like, yeah, don't really care. I've seen ET. I have bills to pay. I'm not worried about it. Um, but that's not what's happening. And I don't think that the real like ontological shock has really set in. People don't realize that this is seriously going to change our consciousness, our planet. Like we might actually understand our origin story and really what's going on. We're about to have so many answers, so many over the next few years. Our relationships with interdimensional beings is proliferating. Like that is a massive deal. And a lot of people have described these encounters as these beings encouraging them to take care of the planet because that's really important right now. And these beings have shut off nuclear weapons. So, you know, crazy stuff. They are. All right. So that was a few TikToks. Uh, we did make it to about 30 minutes of them. Uh, but just some theories that are out there and some information that is shared back and forth on TikTok right now. Um, and so, yeah. Hope you enjoyed the bonus content. One last thing before I publish this episode. I just got to say that my own personal theory uh, that I have going around right now is about us. Uh, our aliens are from other dimensions. And as we, you know, are testing the bounds of what, the universe entails you know with like CERN and all the rest of that we've shifted into a reality or even we've been populated with so many supernatural shows and everything we've manifested the weird the fringe to becoming reality I don't know but it is very interesting and I think that could have something to do with it so maybe it's not space maybe it's the ocean Maybe it's not space. Maybe it's another dimension, side by side with ours. You know, things like that. A dimension where aliens are real and all this spooky cryptozoology is from. <laughs> Maybe it was a dimension slip every time somebody's seen something that doesn't exist in our world. I don't know. All right. Just some random posings as I'm editing the episode. <laughs> all right. I'll see you next time. Stay spooky, my friends.